Did you know that your website is the hero of your business and the key to getting booked through Google? Welcome back to Marketing Strategy Academy podcast, where we help female entrepreneurs go from marketing overwhelm to an easy streamlined strategy and system that includes Pinterest and repurposing content to grow their businesses when they have very little time. I'm your host, Jen Vasquez. Let's jump right into it. Want to find out more? I'm sure you do, because of course I do, which is why I invited my guest, and she'll be sharing all about that. Welcome. I am Jen Vasquez. Using my proven Pinterest marketing method, I help hyper-busy female service providers create one marketing workflow to book more clients and increase their income and impact in about an hour a week. And I host experts on all things marketing for women by women. If marketing is something that you definitely want to learn more about for your business, follow us on your favorite podcast player or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Today, I am so excited to be chatting with Ingvild Kolnes, host of Sustainable Photography. I had the pleasure of being a guest on her podcast, and I'm going to have that link down below so you can take a listen to her podcast as well. Ingrid Kolnes is an, let me say that again, Ingvild Kolnes is an educator and mentor for photographers. She helps talented but overworked photographers get back in touch with the artist that they want to be, where they want to work with dream clients without having to work so much. She does this by helping them build their confidence, set boundaries, and teaching them to charge what their work is worth through a seven-step program so that they can make a living from their creativity. Welcome! I'm so excited we get to have you on our podcast. Thank you. I am so excited too. This is going to be great. I know it's so fun. And Ingvild has so much amazing advice that if you're not a photographer, don't check out because I'm telling you there's going to be something that you will learn in this episode um, for sure about your website and making it amazing so that you are driving leads to your inbox, which is right, the goal of every business owner. So I always love to start with this question first, so it's probably not going to surprise my um, subscribers or listeners. Uh, I love finding out the jobs that came before and kind of what, what path you took to get where you are today. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, okay. So right now I am mainly working as a mentor, educator for photographers and creatives so that's like what I do now but I'm also a photographer uh, an elopement photographer to be precise and I started off oh, as a photographer I, th I think in 2010 or 11 back sometime around that um, and I started because I was I was traveling a lot I was backpacking and I was taking a lot of photos and I didn't want to go back home and have like a normal nine to five job I wanted to do something else and I was like oh what about photography <laughs> that sounds easy enough um and then I went back home and I started taking photos and set up a business and did all the things 
and it wasn't as straightforward as I thought. So it took me quite some time to get really set up and, and have a proper business. And since I started out in the way that I wouldn't recommend anyone doing with really low prices and kind of building my way slowly up, it did take a few years before I was ready to quit my part-time job and go full-time. So I just, after a while, I, I realized that, oh, I'm one of the few photographers who actually loves the business side of photography more than the photography itself. And, and I kept, whenever I talked to photographers, I was like, but why aren't they doing it like this? Or what about thinking about that? And I just felt like I had so many ideas and things to talk about. Um, since I'd struggled so much myself, I was like, couldn't maybe I be a resource for, for, for other photographers who wanted to start out or that had been doing it for a long time, but wasn't really at the point where things were going great. And then I decided to do that. So, so that's, that's it basically. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's different stats out there and I'm not entirely sure what the current stats are, but I do know that a number of photography businesses don't last more than a, a year or two um, because they're not profitable. Right. Yeah. So that leads me to my first sort of question to really dive into this topic with you today. What is a sustainable business? Like, what is your definition of a sustainable business? So that's actually pretty much the first question I ask people in my podcast. I ask like, okay, so what is a sustainable business to you? Um, and when I started out, I was like, okay, so a sustainable business is profitable and it's something that you can do over time so that you don't get sick of it and all the things. And after asking people this question for two years, I've been getting different answers for from everyone. Like everyone has a different view of sustainability. And there hasn't been a single person who's said something that I don't agree with. Like sustainability and having a sustainable business is so many things. But I think for me, going back to the core of it, it is being profitable. You have to have a business that is giving you enough money so that you can keep doing it. It's not enough to think like, oh, this is enough money for right now. You have to think about your expenses over time and that's going to vary. So your prices have to reflect what you need, not what someone else needs, but what you need to have the kind of life that you want. But at the same time, you don't want to take on too much work because it has to also sustain your way of living. And I think, I think that's also part of why I created the sustainable photography podcast and program to begin with because I saw so many educators were all about having as much money as possible or as many booking as possible. And the photographers that I knew, they were getting plenty of bookings, but not, it wasn't the right kind of clients and it wasn't the right kind of money that could, could give them the life that they wanted. So it's like, well, you don't need more bookings. You just need the right booking so that you can have the kind of life that you want because burnout is so very real I can't even count the number of photographers that I know that I've given up due to burnout and I think it's just such a shame and you also want to make sure that you can set yourself up to do marketing in a way that you can keep doing and not that's not gonna lead you into burnout and there are just so many things but the gist of it is do something that you love 
work with people that you love so you can keep doing it but remember to get paid doing it yeah and like explain why in your opinion that it is important to have a sustainable business you touched on it a little bit but um you know, the first step when people are trying to like launch a business, like you mentioned, it's all about money, mm-hmm. but they're all the other things that you mentioned are, are, are how you have like a sustainable business is one. Well, you tell me. Yeah. So one part of it is definitely the money you need to, to be profitable. You need to make sure that it's going to be okay today and tomorrow and also next year. So you're setting yourself up for success, which means that you can't guess what your prices should be. You have to calculate them. You have to do some of that boring work that I know that most don't really want to do, but you just have to do it and then you'll be done. Because if you start with too low prices, it's going to come back to haunt you because not that far into the future, you're going to realize, oh, maybe I needed higher prices. And then you're going to increase them a little bit because that's all you dared to do. And then you have to start over because then you need new clients and you need... Um, a different way of doing marketing because those clients that you used to get at the lower prices, they don't want to work with you anymore. And then after a while, again, you're going to reach that point of, oh, wait a minute, maybe I should increase my prices. And then it's back into that whole thing again. So when you have a sustainable business, you've thought about things more long-term. You've thought about things that are going to happen down the road and you've made a plan and a business that's going to be there for you for the long haul, not just today, but also in a few years. So I think that's a really important part of it. And then once you know where your prices are going to be and you know what kind of clients you want to work with, then you can build up a, a business around that. And I think most of the time when I've done a lot of education and a lot of courses and a lot of the things that I see, they're so focused around what that one educator thinks is the right thing to do. And that's something. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, but yes. And, and, and what that educators, you know, I've seen educators with no kids who are giving these very high expectations and goals for a mom of three, right, which is not sustainable for her. Exactly. And that's why um, in my program, for example, the very first thing we do is to figure out, okay, so who are you? What do you need? What's going to work for you? Because it's not about me and no one can copy the strategies that I've used and expect to get the same results that I've done because I'm me. I work with those kinds of clients and I want this thing. Um, And my business, it works for me, but your business is going to be working in a completely different way. So to try to get to the bottom of that and do things so that they're going to work long-term for you. I think that's, that's such a big part of it. I, I agree. I think the, the money piece is important because you can't survive with, without mm-hmm. a specific income, but the happiness piece and the working with people that you like piece yeah. is one that people forget or, or think they can't control. Um, yeah, exactly. So how, how can, you know, people who struggle to know how to stand out in a saturated market, how could you help a few tips or, or things for people who are struggling to like, because I don't know about you, 
but I could throw a rock blindly and I'll hit a photographer that says, oh, my market is so saturated. Oh yeah. And, and everyone's it's not an excuse. So no, it's not. And everyone's prices are so low and I need to lower my prices so I can compete with them. Yeah. I've heard it all. And I hear it all the time. And the thing is, because when I started, and we're probably going to get to this later on, but there are so many photographers who look alike. If you look at their websites, they look the same. If you look at what they say, it looks the same. And you look at their photos and it looks the same. And especially, I think when it comes down to, if you feel that your market is too saturated, there are too many photographers around, a lot of photographers will think of that as a threat. It's a bad thing. It's something that, you know, you, you see that and you're like, oh, it's not gonna work for me. But I think of it the opposite. Like if there are so many photographers around you, that's an amazing opportunity for you to do something very specific, for you to do some that one thing that you really want to do. You can be, you can go in a complete niche direction and do something completely unique, something that's gonna allow you to keep it up for even longer because you're no longer just saying yes to, oh, um, I'll do both newborns and families and weddings and pets and I'll do it all to being like, oh, but I really love those kind of outdoor wedding, those kind of outdoor weddings when the bride is wearing a short dress or, you know, whatever it is, you can do just that. You don't have to do all the other stuff anymore. I mean, you can if you want to, and there's a million different ways to, to find your niche. It doesn't have to be one specific kind of photography. But the point is that there's so much opportunity when you're in a place where the market is bigger so to speak where there are more clients and more photographers because sometimes I meet photographers that want to do something unique like they want to do for example here in Norway it's like documentary photography lifestyle documentary it's not that common and it, that doesn't mean that it's that can make it harder in a way because there's not that many other people who don't you it. have to describe what it is in that case because exactly. people don't understand those words Exactly. So you have to do things and um, it's going to be harder for you because you kind of have to start over. But if there are other people who does something similar, then it's going to be easier for you. And it's probably going to be an advantage when you're like, yes, I do this, but I do it a little bit differently. So I think that's part of the key to if you're struggling to stand out, I want to go back to that piece of who are you? What do you enjoy? What can you keep up? Because we're all so different. Uh, I am an introvert I could never do like 15 clients a week but I work with people who love that and they want to do a lot of shoots because they they thrive having their work week like that so that's why I said like figure out you first and um, so that's a that's a huge piece of um being able to stand out you have to start with you and then you have to figure out who you want to work with as well because I don't know how many times I've worked with someone and they've told me, oh, my dream client, they're like this and they want this kind of a wedding and they want to do this thing and they want to dress like that, but everyone wants that. And it's like, no, they don't. You're the first person who's told me that exact scenario. So I think we think that everyone wants the same as us and we forget to kind of say it out loud. So if you dare to be different and if you dare to share things the way you most want to do it and speak directly to your people 
that's going to be a huge strength for you and it's going to get you further. You might think if I start saying no to things that if I start doing only that one specific thing, it's going to be a bad thing, but it's going to open, I wanted to say more doors, but it's going to open the right doors. Yes. That are going to, yeah, that are going to let you do it for longer. Yes, I agree. And I think too, um, talk a little bit about how standing out in a saturated market is also on the what you put on social media and your website, as well as how you put it out. Like, like we are unique individuals, right? And so many people want to try to be like someone else mm -hmm. to tr because they think that's the right thing to do. I but know. sometimes like I booked a wedding client because she had chocolate labs too. Now that is not something that people would normally choose their wedding photographer for, mm -hmm. right? But it was a way to connect personally and how I was able to stand out in a crowd of people that photograph like I do in my price range. Exactly. I think your personality is so underrated as a photographer. Most people, they want someone they can get along with. And I also think okay, I've been booked on things like I have written on my website that I like chocolate and I've had, I've had people like, Oh, we like chocolate too. And then that's Isn't all that so about. silly. But if you're that, if that's the one differentiating factor, mm -hmm. who cares? I know. I know. And I think it's really nice. And I think when you, cause I started the same way when I first started, I remember walking downtown looking and like, because it, it used to be more like studios and oh yeah like displayed how their photography was and I remember looking in the window and I was like okay so that's how they deal with contrast and that's how they do this and that and that must be the right way of doing things so I can I can really um I can really understand how that feeling is of like there's a right way and then there's a wrong way of doing things but I think finding your way of doing it is so important because you're going to meet people who want that thing because there isn't a right way of running your business. There's not a right way of taking photos. There's not a right way of doing anything. And if you look at other photographers, when you're making your website, when you're writing your Instagram posts, you're going to start looking like everyone else. And there's nothing special about you, even though there is something special about it, about you, you're not you're giving it, it to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're not sharing that with them. Exactly. And that means that people are missing out. They're not going to know that you are the right photographer for them because you forgot to tell them. Exactly. <laughs> you were so busy just blending in that there was nothing special about you that they could see. And you just looked like every other photographer out there. And then you have to be the cheapest one to get booked. Correct. If is you're exactly correct. If you are like everyone else out in your market, they're only going to go on price only. Mm -hmm. But if you are different and stand out from the crowd, that's that differentiating factor that people choose to book you because of. Exactly. I totally agree. So let's pivot a tiny bit. Um, that still has to do with marketing, but what is your favorite way to do marketing? Oh yeah, that's actually quite an easy question for me it's been seo all the way because i think it's that introvertedness where it's like having to post on instagram every single day i can do it for like two weeks and then i forget <laughs> exactly. so having, to, so having to deal with 
with that daily, like you have to put something out there. It's just too much pressure. Uh, and it's just not been what's worked for me, but having a website that does the job for me, to me, that's been like, <laughs> I want to say like a gold mine because once my website was up and working and I had some blog posts giving me traffic and getting found, then I didn't really have to do anything else. So I've been able to book weddings without me putting in any work. The website is just there and I'm getting plenty of inquiries and that's been perfect for someone like me. <laughs> well, and I also feel like there's a big, and I've been talking more and more about this over the last month. Um, there is a difference between social media marketing and search marketing. Mm -hmm. Social media marketing is 24 to 48 hours, maybe for a post, right? But when you're looking at Pinterest or your website or blogs, or even YouTube for that matter, that is getting new eyeballs from search parameters or SEO, right? Um, to your website and all of your content ranks for years. Like yes. it's not days, it's years. And who yeah. would not want to put in time? Who would not want to put in time once to have year over year traffic coming in? I booked a client in another state because she was coming here to get married on a beach that she wanted where her family loved to go. And I wrote an engagement session. It wasn't even wedding. It was an engagement session on that beach. And I have now not only photographed their wedding, but all, all of their family portraits twice a year for the last six years. Like exactly. it's talk about sustainable. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing with marketing is if you, if you go this route, if you focus on your website and blogging, for example, that can be like the, the cornerstone of all your marketing. If you have an excellent website that's set up for SEO and then you blog, then those blog posts, of course, you're going to make Pinterest pins and make sure to, to add uh, traffic from Pinterest, but you can also take each blog post and one blog post can probably be like 10 Instagram posts. And I always tell people not 10 social media posts within 10 days, right? We do want to spread it out a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. but, <laughs> but yes, I, I have gone back like four years and I'm like, Oh, I want to share about this again. Like you have a never ending supply of content for anywhere, exactly. provided you're doing this on a regular basis. So yeah. let's dive in. How do you get the most out of your website? And then we're going to touch on blogs also. So the most important thing to remember when it comes to your website is to make it easy for your clients. You want to make sure that your clients don't have to look for information. And they don't have to like click, 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 click. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, no clicking when it's not needed. And the more busy we get, the less attention span we have. So that means that as soon as someone lands on your website, it should be clear what you do and who you do it for without having to scroll, without having to click. It should just be there right in their face. Like I'm this kind of, or here you get these kind of photos or these kind of memories, or I'm this kind of photographer and I'm in this area, like whatever you need to tell your clients, 
it needs to be there right away. And then you also want to make it easy to book you because a lot of photographers or creatives you have to scroll through all of these paragraphs of information to even get to how to connect with you. Like that's, I agree a hundred percent. And that's the mistake we all make. Like we're not calling anyone out for this, obviously, Um, but we're, we're getting to the meat of the podcast because we want to make sure that you know right away what to do. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So you want to make it clear and you want to make it simple. You don't want to make your client to do the work. Basically, it should just be so easy and intuitive like oh just click here to book check if your date is available uh this is like whatever it is you want them to do next tell them make it clear make it obvious and and you don't want just one button and a link you want lots of them so that's like the very first thing you want to make sure that you do yes and um and i know because we've talked about this before when you talk about having buttons sort of everywhere meaning in between the paragraphs or the photos that you're sharing have another button. Like they shouldn't have to yes. scroll back up to the top Ooh. right, <laughs> to connect with you. No, There are some people like me that I already know if I've gotten to your website, if I want to work with you and I don't want to have to scroll your website, exactly. I just want to work with you. And then there are people who want to be, who want to find out more and they don't want to find out all the things that everyone else puts on their website, they want to find out more about you Mm -hmm. and not like you're putting your synopsis on them. It's who you work with and what kind of transformation you provide. I always feel like on all these websites where we say like, you know, mom of two coffee drinker, this, that, and the other. And there are places to put that like on your about me page. If someone's going specifically to find out about you, but the rest of it, in my opinion, should be about them. Like why, why should you, why should they work with you? Right? Yeah. I think when I've looked at photographers' websites, which I do a lot, yes, (laughs) it's so very often about the photographer. I like this. I do this. I want this. I dream of this. And it's like, so it sounds really harsh, but it's like, who cares? It's, it's not what you should be focusing on. You need to get to know your client, like we've talked about before, and you need to kind of get into their head and be like, okay, so what do they actually want? What can I give them? And then you have to write to them as you're reading their minds. And when they're reading it, they're going to be like, ah, she gets us. She knows what we want, that this is easy for us to, to choose. Uh, and not be scared and try to think, oh, how can I reach as many people as possible and, and be as wide as possible? No, go really narrow, niche down, dare to get specific with what you want to do. Perfect. And before we get to blogs, because I think that's a whole, a whole nother thing, um, mm-hmm. I would love to find out from you in your opinion, um, some of the mistakes that I have personally made are having like too many items in the menu on the top mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. too too much information on that home page and like full paragraphs which n- nobody is going to be reading probably yeah. um yeah. what are some of your recommendations on the things that are important to have in the menu as well as any suggestions on that home page for I would definitely, 
for most, have fewer menu options. Fewer is better. Try not to have more than five. Like you don't need them. You need to get, you need to know what you're offering so that your clients get confused. And if you don't know how to take any away, then it's clear that you have, you're offering way too much. Uh, and then make sure that you have some testimonials, some reviews from clients Ooh, on your website. Very good. Don't hide them. Don't put them under a separate like tab on your menu or on a different page. It should be there on your website, along with photos, along with descriptions of what you do. Don't have long blocks of text, kind of chop them off, make sure that the most important things are highlighted using headlines or like really bullet points or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because unlike when you're reading a book, when people are online, they skim. They'll just Mm -hmm. glance at something and whatever pops up is what they kind of take notice of. And if you think like, oh, more, I am a fan of having a lot of written information. I think it really helps with Google searches, but you have to make it easy for your clients to see. So it's part for Google and it's Mm. part for your ideal client is really what a website is for. Definitely. But I would say mainly for your client, but let's not forget about Google. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I think, um, and I think I've heard you say this before, sprinkle the reviews throughout Mm -hmm. that first page to break things up, but also it's like, Ooh, another one. Ooh, another one. Like it, it tends to be, or feel more credible as well. And don't have those. When I started out as a photographer, I could see some other photographers had like really long testimonials, like a letter. And I was like, Oh, where did they get them? That's amazing. I want those too. And then now I'm like, if you can just tell me three words, bottom line, one sentence, (laughs) that's all I need because that's a lot more punchy with like just something that you can just see at an instance. Oh, happy people. That's all I needed to see. No one's going to read like three paragraphs of, if you get long reviews like that, chop them off and just use pieces of it. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to the blogs. Mm -hmm. Um, for photographers in general. Well, so blogs in general are a great way to educate our clients and share our work with clients, but they're an incredible way of having consistent information going out on a weekly basis that enables Google to trust us more, right? Mm. It is. It's really important. And Sometimes, and I can really relate to this, if you get really impatient or if you've just started your website or for whatever reason, you're like, I need to get as many blog posts out as possible. And you'll be like, oh, let's just post or or publish 10 today. And let's just take it from there. (laughs) If you have 10 blog posts ready to go, publish one and then wait a week, publish one, wait a week and make them all, you know, Monday at three o'clock, that's when you're publishing. Um, and actually, I would say if you don't have any posts, I would wait until you have some and then start posting so that you can so that you know you can keep it up. Yes. And you can use AI, which AI tools I look at as a time saver. It is not a blog writer, in my opinion. Um but it is great for those educational type of blog posts. 
Um, what is your opinion on AI? I haven't tried it much for blog posts because I haven't. <laughs> the, the good thing about blogging is once you've gotten to a good level, you don't need to do it as often no. as you used to. Yeah, correct. Um, but I have tried it for other things. And to me, it's like, it gives you ideas. It helps you with paragraphs. It can do so much. So I'm all for it. Like use it when you can just make sure that you add your voice to it and that yeah. it's yours. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot stress this enough. People that take AI and just throw it on the blog mm, looks do <laughs> very AI. It looks, yeah. by the way, it looks AI. It may not look like AI to your clients, but it's going to look like AI for Google and you're not going to get as much reach, right? Yes, um, and if it doesn't sound like you, like we were talking in the beginning, right? The differentiating factor is us personally, if we're not using the words that we normally use on a daily basis, like a lot of times it'll say, hi there. And I always say, hey there, like that's just yeah. the way that I speak. And exactly. that's how people recognize my writing. You, I agree with you hundred percent getting in the brand voice and mm -hmm. brand words is incredibly important to rank better even on Google. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. And I mean, if you want to um, do more with AI, make sure that you know how to use proper prompts and how you can kind of train it to use your voice and say the right words and use this word instead of that word. But even when you do that, I would say go through it and make sure that it's you because it's also part of, yeah, it might help you get to get found, but the goal of your blog and your website isn't to get found, it's to mm -hmm. get booked. So it's so important that it's the right people that are resonating with what you're putting out. And then talk about too how important um, educational blog posts as well as your work with photo, like your client work is. Yeah. Well, I think I used to do every other week, like one week with client work and one week with educational posts. And then I was like, what about just combining it so that you can do education, but also sprinkle in your work so that it's never just kind of like words and writing, but you're also kind of forcing your work on, of on course. the viewer. Mm -hmm. Because photos yeah. rank on Google as well. <laughs> it does. It Yeah, definitely. But uh, I, I would say that different people need different things. You're, if you're, for example, for a wedding photographer, having specific um work that you've shared before for example like oh check out this wedding from this place then if someone is searching for that place you're more likely to get found because you've mentioned the place but for other kinds of uh, photography for example newborn uh, maybe you can have a post on how to calm your baby down because those aren't the kind of things that are more uh, geographically specific no one's going to yes. search for a venue for their baby photography session so Correct. Uh, it's different things for 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 different kinds of sessions but one of my most or my most popular blog post is a barn wedding so it's a location specific post but it is featuring uh, an actual wedding and i think that's from 2016 and it's still giving me inquiries. Um, and and by the way, as a photographer, if you're not a photographer and you're listening to this, it is very embarrassing 
sometimes to have your old work, because of course we do get better and change and get better. But I, like you have gotten booked on old work and they're so pleased with the new photograph because I'm, I'm, I'm more educated now. Right. And I take better photos. Some of my, I have a blog post from 2014 or 2013 Mm -hmm. on Pinterest that I was like, maybe I should delete this. And I Mm. advise everyone do not delete it. Even if it's an old photo, if they love that photo, they're going to adore your new work. (laughs) Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with updating old stuff either. I've done that before. When it's like, oh, I've completely changed my editing style and I've just uploaded, um, updated the photos and re-uploaded them. And that's worked fine as well. So, I mean, there's different ways of doing things. Um, but don't delete. You can modify and change. Modify and sure all you want. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 But yes. Keep those links because the older it is, the more authority it, it kind of gets. With yes. People. Everyone. So exactly. Don't change the link. You can even mm-hmm. update the date if you want to on educational type blogs. So like I have because I've been a photographer like you since like 2009, I have educational posts like, okay, you're engaged. Now what? The first five mm-hmm. things you should do, which is my most mm-hmm. pop, one of my most popular ones yeah. and how I usually get booked yeah. because that's the first thing that the couple is searching for. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I have gone in and updated the photos, updated the date, and I just rotate the date. So it's still going out, but I haven't changed the link. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, you can change the link, just make sure that you do a redirection and all that stuff. So you yeah, be careful it. with Pinterest and the whole nine yards. Yeah. 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 So you want to be careful, but just know that once you start creating this kind of content, it can serve you for like the rest of your career, probably. And I do go in and I'm sure you have as well and updated because the way I wrote five years ago is mm-hmm. maybe different or I'll make it a little longer right? Add more keywords, right? So talk a little bit about when it comes to blog posts, what are some things that um, you have found your clients are missing in the blog post that would really help Google? The main thing that I see most are missing out on, there are two things. One is that they're not linking. They're not linking between blog posts. They're not linking to other websites, which sounds like, like, kind of counterintuitive like yeah. linking to someone else like yeah please do link to someone else uh link to your, between your own blog post link from your um blog post to your actual pages and make it clear in your blog post that people can book you and how to book you because if you have a brilliant blog post i see so often that there's no mention of how to book that they can book that you are a photographer if you've written a great piece on 10 the 10 best venues in your area and there's not a mention on the fact that you're a photographer and they can book you then it's kind of like what's the point absolutely and i always say to have a sort of call to action midway through that blog post because not everyone gets to the end that says hey are you engaged let's chat you know or what however you want to say that um and then talk a little bit about location specific keywords. I think that's another mistake that local based service providers like photographers can often make. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you also mention where you are 
For example, let's say that you wanted to start blogging. You want to make sure that you think about, okay, so what are my local audience actually interested in? How can I help them? Where are the most popular venues? Which, um, I don't know if you say you do weddings, because that's like such an easy thing to, yeah. <laughs> to give examples on. What are some florists that you can recommend? And then make a post about those and make sure that you mention where it is. Because if you never talk about where, I, <laughs> no one's going to book a wedding photographer and search for a wedding photographer and that be all it is. They're going to no. be looking for a wedding photographer in a specific area. So you want to make sure that you mention that area. That's, that's so important. I've had my website at the top of wedding photographer here in Norway, the term wedding photographer just in Norwegian. And I got traffic from that. But the bookings I got, they were from the more specific search terms because yeah. it's not as valuable. People think that, oh, that's really cool, but it doesn't really give you as much as something. Not more... for bookings. Yes, exactly. And it's the bookings that you want. And I think that's really important to kind of clarify. And especially since we talked about niching and, and standing out and stuff before, it's a good thing to be specific. It's not your goal isn't to be the most popular. Your goal is to get booked. Yeah. And, and I will add to that because I always have questions from people on the Pinterest side of the business um, about, well, but I can work with people all over the United States. I love yeah. to travel. And I'm like, yeah. that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah. until you do travel or you um, are traveling personally and you can take some photos of someone and then create a blog and then use that location specific keywords in that blog it you can't just like put everywhere because then you're nowhere like exactly. even if people adore you a very small percentage of the population is going to pay for your travel now they could fall in love with you as a photographer and they're going to do that but that's such a small percentage that you just I always say wherever you photograph use that city so here I live in San Jose. It's also California. It's also known as Silicon Valley. It's also known as the Bay Area. It's also known as Northern California. And I use all those words in my location specific, like in my work that I'm sharing. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really important. And I think that kind of goes back to the other things we've talked about as well, where it's like, oh, but I like to do all kinds of photography and I'm equally good at all of them because photography is like, it's all about lighting and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure you could be really great at photographing all kinds of stuff. But the problem is when it comes to the marketing, because it's really hard to try to do everything because you're just one person. You can't be found for everything. So you'll get further as a business if you decide what you want to focus on. Uh, and it's the same for geography as well. Yes, you could travel to anywhere and you could be in all the places, but in reality, you're one person, you're a small business. Even if you have associates, you can't be in all the places and your marketing is going to struggle if you try to be. Yes. And that's when you start feeling overwhelmed with marketing, mm -hmm. if, if we're exactly. being honest, right? Exactly. Like if yeah. you want to make it more simple, yeah. a more simple streamlined process, th that's just great advice. Yeah. Um, okay. What three things have helped you to grow your business? And it could be tools, it could be advice, it could be really anything. 
Okay, I have to say SEO. That that should be my main one because that has yeah, because like that's what we focus on today, clients, of course. Definitely. Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, and I would have to say having a network, having other photographers around me that I can talk with and about like frustrations and good things and someone that actually understands because if you're only surrounded by people who don't have a business or who don't understand what it's all about it's really hard so that's been really helpful um and finally I think saying no just learning that, I that this love isn't, that <laughs> this isn't what I want to do I know that my business will grow more if I do this thing even if I want to do this it's better for me to do that so just saying no in general that is beautiful. And and I'm going to add to that just because this is where you are super good investing coaching because I feel mm. like it really gets you more advice than what you're hearing for free online yeah. when you invest so in coaching true. it's coaching for you and your business. Yeah. Yeah. And you're really good at that. So I want to make sure (laughs) that so before we get to the gift that Ingvild so generously is sharing with our audience, tell everyone about the services that you provide in case anyone listening is thinking I need her her help right now. Uh, okay, so I do a few things now, you know, started off with one thing and then it's grown. That's how it is. Um, but my main offer is my mentorship program, Sustainable Photography, uh, where I work with uh, photographers and creatives for a whole year where we completely like soup to nuts. Say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we just start with who you are and we build your business up around that, basically. And uh, that's my, that's my main offer. Uh, and then I have an SEO course, which is opening up again in August, which is pretty soon. Uh, and then I also design websites specifically for like a custom website because, you know, I love SEO and I want to make sure that there's so many websites that aren't working to photographers and creatives advantages. Like, let's just change that. Um, and I also do one-on-one mentoring as well. Yes. And I always say you can save time or you can save money. Yes. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> investing in a coach that's going to help you get there or investing in someone to do the website, because that's a struggle for you personally by someone who has that experience that you do. Um, you know, you have to just decide where you are in your business to make that decision. I'm, I, I'm going to obviously have all her links down below. So don't fear, Uh, but tell everyone what your freebie is and how it can help our audience. Yeah. So the freebie is an SEO workbook. That's going to help you to get clear on what you should focus on when it comes to your website and your blogging and finding topics Uh, and finding clients or getting found. I'm not going to say finding clients, but getting found through Google can be such a big help when it comes to your marketing and getting clients and yes it's a bit of work up front but it can as we've talked about this whole episode serve you for years to come excellent what is the best way that people can get in contact with you of course I'll have all the other links but what's the best way to get in contact with you the best way is probably Instagram you'll find me at Ingvild Kolmes just my name uh, and you can also send me a message, uh, ingvil at ingvilcolmes.no, um, probably Perfect. the best place. 
Thank you so much for your valuable advice and your time today, because I know that your time is super valuable. Um, if you found some ideas and tips that you can implement from this interview, I would love for you to leave a review um, or subscribe on YouTube. And I think you should go out there right now and do something good for your business, like snagging Ingvild's gift. But as I always say at the end of every podcast, make sure that you take action. You may be walking around the park or taking your kids to play at the playground or whatever it is. Um, and you're listening and getting educated, which is amazing. But if you don't take action, your business is not going to change for the better necessarily. So definitely go out and do that. Thank you so much, Ingvild. I'm so excited to talk to you today and for the advice that you gave to our audience. Thanks for joining me. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe to the show to be automatically notified for each episode. Visit the notes for the links mentioned in this episode and to connect with me. And as always, please take one tip from this episode and implement it in your business. Bye.